welcome to Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for TV and movie lovers. I'm your lady host, Sonia Stanger, and I'm joined as always by my melodious co-hosts and one of the world's preeminent folk duos, Sean Dunham and Jeremy Leguie. Hi, boys. Hey, sounds like somebody sounds like somebody found our mixtape. <laughs> oh yeah, and I loved I, it. Should have said demo tape, maybe. Yeah, it either works. It hasn't um, been picked up by anybody. <laughs> sadly, <laughs> last week on the show we talked about some iconic documentaries, and this week we're taking things meta and talking about mockumentaries, those fictionalized satirical imitations of docs that turn a mirror on how society turns a mirror on itself. Deep. <laughs> <laughs> and Damn. as always, a spoiler alert is in full effect. You might just find out that the dog show world is extremely romantically complicated. Mm-hmm. So with that, shall we dive right in? Boys, what yes. are some of your favorite mockumentaries? Well, as we were talking about well, earlier, I feel like there's so few filmmakers. There's like two filmmakers that are that are mockumentary people. Um, and who and, are they? <laughs> and I think everyone knows. So, yeah, obviously you can't talk about mockumentaries without talking about Christopher Guest. Mm-hmm. Um, they He made This is Spinal Tap, which I think is probably the first instance of a mockumentary. I I feel like he coined it. I feel like this it's is something I remember from. I feel like I remember this from yeah. film class. C- certainly the first, like the first prominent mm. one, I would say. Because it was one of the, I, I don't think this happens to his films very often, but at that point, a lot of people thought it was a real documentary. Mm. Because, mm. you know, there wasn't, there was so few things exactly like that. And yeah. That's funny to think about. Uh, well, I, and then well, he I'm just, interrupt- he really hit gold and then just made a million more. Uh, there's, I, I'm just looking like there's some things that I never would have actually considered as mockumentary on the list of like, so, uh, War of the Worlds is on here. Mm. Um, uh, Flying Circus is on here with some of I the guess, things yeah. being mockumentary style. Um, Hard Day's Night is on here. Um, that's true. But, uh, man, I, I, it is true. And I've never really thought of it. <laughs> Yeah, I have I have some anyway. like boundary questions that I was going to ask you guys later about other things, but I hadn't thought of those things. No, I did not either. Anyway, um, go on, Sean. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Jeremy no, about, just fell down the wormhole. <laughs> and then, who's the other person wormhole. you're talking about? Well, Who could it possibly be like you know, like Sash Baron Cohen. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I what, felt like I needed to set you, you up for that as a bit, but <laughs> I was like, "Are you thinking of someone else?" I no, know those are the no. two that come to my mind for sure. Um, it, I think it's I think it's at this point almost impossible to not think of Christopher Guest as a titan of mockumentarydom, mm. um, and and his in his troop of incredible. Uh, you know, actors that he have has you have his his gestures. You know, and and um I want I wonder how these people came together. Uh, I watched Best in Show this week. I was excited to. I watch this movie pretty frequently. Um I like is Catherine O'Hare the funniest person alive? Maybe. Like me. Very possibly. Um I think it's definitely it like Anyway, but um, Eugene Levy as well is definitely up there for mm. me. Um, I I I don't know how, like as an actor, Christopher Guest is able to capture this truthiness, mm. like especially when he is the one like doing it. And I don't know if it's like a a bit or a thing in editing or like like he's figured out some secret to make this just seem so believable and like you watch a scene like the incredibly famous famous turn it up to 11 scene mm-hmm. and um it's just so sincere like like there's just nothing funny about it 
which makes it hilarious. Yeah. And he does it again and again. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how. <laughs> I yeah, I have he, a vague recollection. I, oh. No, sorry. You go ahead, Sean. No, no, you please go. <laughs> I have a vague recollection of the last time we talked about Spinal Tap on this show. Me saying I didn't think it was that funny anymore. But I watched it this week and I laughed quite a bit. And so I don't know what I was talking about if I even said that. <laughs> but just in mm. case some keen-eared listener Redacted. is like, hey, she's changing her mind. I changed my mind a lot. And this is one of those times. Because um, it's just so mm. silly. And then at times... Completely earnest, like you said, and that in and of itself makes it so silly. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah, what were you going to say, believe, Sean? People believing in something so strongly, even if that thing mm-hmm. is extremely stupid, is really mm-hmm. is really adds to these. And like, there is sort of the same format to all of his movies. It's like there's a big event, and all these people are like gearing up towards the event, and then it happens, and then there's the denouement like a year later and seeing where they are, but it's a mm. great formula and it's really fun. Yeah. Um, I did not watch spinal tap this week, but I did watch uh, waiting for Guffman from 1996. Mm. Oh, nice. And um, it is so, so funny. And not only cause like there is the improv bits where they interact with each other, which um, I think I was reading a bit about his process. He just like, he records 10 minutes standardly just like of a scene and just lets them do 10 minutes over and over like a few times. And so they get to try out a few new things and then he just has hours of footage that he just edits. But um, in this case, they have, they put on a full musical theater production um, and it's really good. And, uh, and like Catherine O'Hara is a genius. And even in like, you know, 25 years ago there's so many Catherine O'Hara isms that are just like so standard for her Mm -hmm. um she's hilarious and she originated the uh something about Mary hair uh thing (laughs) two years before so I feel like she doesn't get enough credit for that (laughs) her character has just a choice of a strange bangs yeah oh okay okay yeah, because I actually haven't seen Waiting for Guffman. I wanted to watch it this week, and it just didn't didn't happen for me. Uh, but it's been on my list for so, so long, good. and I keep meaning to watch it. Uh, and there, there's there's a, a, oh, sorry. Oh, you go, Sean. You go. I was going to say, there's just a thing that I will never not find funny, and it's when people do fake auditions. And mm. so it's just like, uh, like all of the characters do uh, a song or like a small monologue. And Catherine and Fred Willard are like these sort of big fish in a small pond, like actor types in this small town. And they just are like trying to be so professional. And when they're like, we'll just uh, strike the set and like take the, take the stool off the stage. And they're like, we know the terms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, there's a great moment uh, where they're, because it's a, it's a very, do you remember the town, Sean? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, Blaine. Yes. Uh, the show's called and, Red, White, uh, Blaine. That's right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, but there's this, this really great moment where they're trying to work out the budget for the show. And it's revealed that the town's uh, budget for theater and uh, pools come from the same the same thing. As Christopher Guest's character tries to, uh, Corky St. Clair tries to, he needed like 15 grand for the show or something. He asked for 100,000. Like, That's right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they're like, Corky, we only have like 2,000 for the entire year. <laughs> well, there's no swimming in my show. <laughs> uh, which is just, yeah, it's, I don't know. It, 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 it strikes true every time and it, it, uh, it kills me every single time. Yeah, and the earnestness is so funny. They like there's in the orchestra there is a moment where a person is playing an extremely high note on a trumpet and then also playing the timpani at the same time because they don't have the time. They have like not a lot of people. <laughs> but I don't know. Or like every time they cut to an audience member, they're just like sobbing, like tears streaming down their face. It's like it's just so good. That's iconic. Um, and there's they cut a few songs that I watched on YouTube recently. 
Oh. Yeah. I love YouTube called, for that. Uh, this, oh, what's it called? It's like this, this bulging river. <laughs> I watched this bulging <laughs> river on YouTube. <laughs> That's going to get you some interesting (laughs) auto suggestions, I got to (laughs) say. Okay, so what are what are some of our our other faves, our other favorite mockumentaries? Um, I've got a really weird one. Okay, it is one of it's 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 a movie that's close to my heart. I think it's very funny. Uh, where it's gonna get borderline inappropriate right now. That's I hope that's okay. Um, so it stars Spencer Rice. It's a Canadian mockumentary, and it's called Confessions of a Porn Addict. Mm. And uh, it follows Spencer plays a character. He's not playing himself. Uh, he's of of fame, Kenny versus Benny. Um, anyway, uh, he and his friends are going cross country. Uh, no, okay, let's start at the beginning. He's addicted to porn because <laughs> yeah, his girlfriend okay. broke up with him, <laughs> and yeah. um. He's like has a very unhealthy relationship with it. So he brings in the camera crew and these experts to try and help him, you know, stop this. And it's sort of revealed that like through the course of the film, like he's just very much in love and not accepting that the the relationship's over. And that's sort of what he's using to compensate for it. Um, but it's sort of a road trip movie where they go and uh, you learn some things about these people and the sort of like underground world of people trying to not be addicted to porn oh no Uh, and it is hilarious it is absolutely crazy his sort of mentor uh (laughs) like there's a a section where his mentor is talking about like he hasn't uh he has a device which prevents him from getting an erection so all of his uh, his fluids. I'm trying very so yeah, hard. Here. Jeremy, my uh, God, he, we're a <laughs> It's such a good joke. It's such a good joke. All of his fluids, he has to sweat out. Ugh. So he talks about how he has like like a, a sweet smell about him constantly, Ugh. and uh, it's so crazy. <laughs> it's so good, you guys. That's so gross, we're gonna Jeremy. To it was, we're gonna have to bleep this entire section. Maybe, yeah. Maybe uh, it was it was sh- shot and done so cheap. Uh, and like it just adds to the realness of it in a really great way. And um, Spencer Rice, I like. There's got there's a there has to be points where they just totally go off script. I do not think I can talk about the ending live on the radio, <laughs> but it's very it's very please, good. It's please very good. save us. I'd rather you didn't. <laughs> um, when is this from? Oh, like two thousand one. Oh, okay, so yeah, a long time. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, let me check that. In the two thousand eight, way way off, way off. Oh. <laughs> um, After the Kenny but, uh, versus Benny zeitgeist. Mm. Yeah, no, he was he he was certainly famous at the time. But uh, yeah, you uh, <laughs> burn on him <laughs> at the time. Uh, yeah, no, that got a little dark. Anyway, uh, <laughs> check it out if you're if you're uh, you know if, if you're you allowed alone that, and... that curtain. You dim your like draw the curtains and dim the lights. Yeah, uh, yeah. Is it? Uh, it's eighteen A. So uh, it's uh, you know it's it's good, but it's it's hilarious. Sounds great, uh, Sean. So fun. You got any more to talk about? Well, yeah, I have this week. I've also watched Best in Show. I'm, mm. I love a Mighty Wind, but again, these are all Christopher Guesties. Um, mm-hmm. I could talk about what we do in the shadows, which mm. is um, by Taika Waititi. It is also a mockumentary. I think I've talked about this before. It's just so funny. Um, they have a. It's a show. I think they're turning into a series soon. Oh yeah. You know anything more about this? I would love. I would love to. Get uh, some I eyes think on it's. That. I think some of it's already I think out. It's out. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a season out. We've honestly maybe anyway, even talked so about the show like, on the show before. <laughs> we might, you know, we might have, but you know how things fade together. Well, yeah, and oh, that's the thing. Also, I have it on I my watched, list too because it's so good. Sorry, Sean, go I ahead. I also watched the newest Christopher Guest, which mm. is called Mascots on Netflix. Oh. Because I was like, I saw it. I was like, this doesn't seem like it's going to be very good. And it is not very good, unfortunately. Yeah. But it is very, it's like the same, it's the same structure. 
Mm-hmm. It's all these different mascots practicing for this big mascot tournament, the Fluffies. Um, and a bunch of the old standbys are there. Uh, horribly underused in some cases. Jennifer Coolidge is doing a, a classic mm-hmm. trophy wife just like in the audience. <laughs> Would I have loved to see her as a mascot? Yes. Yeah, so, like give us her as a mascot. Step outside. Make a joke about how her boobs yeah. are too big to fit in the costume. Like there are things you could do. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Um, she stole the show, honestly. There's literally just a scene where she's sitting in the audience eating popcorn and laughing at a a plumber, a, a mascot plumber plunging a poop out of a toilet. And she is like <laughs> rolling on the floor laughing. And then like, this is just like, it's, she's so good. These are the I'm laughing just hearing genius. about it. I was thinking about a movie this week that I haven't thought about since it came out and I saw it in theaters, which is Lonely Island's pop star Never Stop Never Stopping, which is genuinely, mm-hmm. I think, an extremely funny movie. Um Oh yeah, I think it's good. It's like it's it's very Lonely Islandy. Um but they were all they they really just turned their whole thing up to 11 with that movie. And, um, yeah, like, I don't know. It, Andy Samberg is just being like, he, he's so good at walking that line between charming and douchebag. Um, and like kind of bringing, like, he can really play that character extremely well, I think. Um, of like manipulative douchebag kind of. And so he's like perfect for that role. And then they just do all these songs that are like extremely low, lonely islandy songs, but they also are extremely accurate songs from the like late 2010s the mid 2010s around when the movie was made like there's that song um (laughs) equality for all brackets not gay which is like (laughs) it's like it's it's a perfect take on macklemore and like every line is just like not gay not gay and it just becomes more and more extreme and there's like, I, it just is such an absurd movie, but it's truly so funny. I watched some clips this week to be like, is this as funny as I remember when I went to the movies, honestly stoned in 2016 <laughs> to see it? Um, and it was still very funny. So yeah. Have you guys seen it? Oh yeah. I've never seen it. I, oh, I was not drawn to it, but now I feel like I'm in. Honestly, uh, next yeah, time. No, yeah. it's really fun. Next time you need something just like silly uh, to put I, on. I I think uh well I like I'm a fan of the all of the awesome town things. Mm. I think still. I'm trying to think if there's a uh I for the most part, I'm gonna say yes. But um I I feel like the the fun fart the fun part of <laughs> Pop Star Excuse me. Uh, it's, it's, uh it's totally it's fine. Uh <laughs> uh is that they like reveal the song making process mm. and you're like, oh, this is really fun, like how they do this. And then you realize that that's all the Lonely Island does. Yeah. And I think it, it, it like, it, it uses up that ammunition for me. And you're like, mm. oh my God, they do just list things. Like that's all they do. And, uh, you know, it's still, I don't know, it's still gold, but it still hit me hard. Aww. <laughs> Once the it made you back. realize some things, yeah, that you didn't want to realize. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's fair. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, yes, their did. songs, like, there's also one <laughs> that I forgot about that's, like, about a, a girl asking him to expletive deleted her, like, Bin Laden, <laughs> like, the, like, the United States did to Osama Bin Laden. <laughs> And yeah. it just is so absurd, and you're. But then you're like, honestly, there are pop songs that have verged like freakishly yes. close to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, what, there are parts what, of it what? I think that are really smart because he does he does a really good depiction of that kind of like affected like black scent that male pop artists will often do, especially once they start to like rap and stuff and. You know, there's that whole like really weird macho persona that they construct, and and it's like note perfect the way they do it, which I think mm. is like you have to have some self awareness about some of the stuff that you yourself do in order to like play a character spoofing that that well, you know. So I I feel I like that's so. interesting. 
with that movie. Um, uh, have you guys ever heard of uh, uh, a little movie called Dark Side of the Moon? No. Yeah, no. Um, uh, is it, it a Pink Floyd? Uh, it's not. No, 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 no. It's a, it's a, it's a, fr- it's a French film. Well, it's, mm. it was, it was created in France. It's still an English language film. Um, but um, it's just a, a short fifty-two minutes, and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's probably one of my favorite mockumentaries. And it very seriously approaches and then explains how Stanley Kubrick faked the moon landing. Wow. Uh, and it is so good. They did such a good job of like mixing in facts and fiction. Like they like they did all this. Um and one of the really fun ones that really messed people up was um for one of Kubrick's films, Barry Lyndon, he got uh Carl Zeiss to make some special lenses, and everyone is like, Oh, that was to fake the moon landing. Like that was the whole and so he actually did get him to make them, but it was for Barry Lyndon, not for the fake moon landing thing. But apparently a lot of people saw this and were like, oh, that's how it happened. Like That's, that's that scary. Was the... Yeah, um, it was made in 2002. It is like, I don't know, I watched half of it this week. It is really fun. Um, it is done 100% serious, like com- absolutely, completely and uh, a lot of, like, they got down to, like, his schedule, because it was after 2001, uh, the movie, um, and, like, all these different things, and that how they had to, like, book him, and how they were, like, NASA got him to direct it in case it failed, and then it did secretly fail, so then they had to use his footage. Like, it's just all this crazy, crazy stuff, but it's so plausible, you guys. <laughs> It's so plausible. But that's, I mean, that's the thing with a lot of conspiracy theories. They just take little things that are true. And then when you weave something into a narrative, sometimes the most absurd coincidences just happen to look like a pattern. To a lie. So that's very um, interesting. This makes me think, do you remember the spaghetti tree video? Is that the first mockumentary? <laughs> it, like, <laughs> that... It, that's twigging like something in my brain, but what is it? It's like a commercial about, um, like, women farming spaghetti, and they're just, like, picking limp spaghetti off the trees and, like, putting them in baskets. And it was kind of just, like, uh, you know, a mockumentary about how spaghetti is made, but since people are stupid, <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> fell for it. And now I'm wondering if, like, just, like, some hoax videos are actually the OG mockumentaries. Honestly, uh, maybe yeah. that was in '57, Sean. Like, what is the? Di- I feel like you have to have a difference of in, or like, you need to make it more apparent if it's a mockumentary. I don't know mm. what's the difference. I think uh, our culture I, today my- has has demonstrated that like many people do not understand satire or what it is or what it's for, because anything because people will just call. First of all, they'll call anything satire. When it's like, that's not what satire is. There has to be, it has to be like ironic. But second of all, I think people don't always recognize when something is satire and they'll take it seriously. So yeah, I, I think it's something that people, a lot of people struggle with. But I, I, on the flip side of that, I do think there are some things and like, you know, any number of things on YouTube Let's, for example, flat earthers, mm. where someone's making something they believe is genuinely real and serious and factual and all of these things. But I think it is very entertaining mm. <laughs> as yeah, a funny I, thing to I watch. I guess it's the intention because if, yeah, a flat earth video is hysterical, um, mm. but it's like not because that person designed it in that way. <laughs> Right, mm-hmm. right. And then it turns into, like, the problem of disinformation in the modern age politically. And you're like, this isn't fun anymore. I miss when this was just no. silly. Mockumentaries are the OG fake news. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. But it it is interesting when you sort of, like, juxtapose it with what we were talking about. Because, you know, I kind of came into the show thinking that mockumentaries were maybe just a fun thing. Like, a fun way to play with the form and... And that was sort of it. But maybe there does have to be a bit more awareness around, like, someone actually watching a thing and thinking that that's what it is. 
when maybe that wasn't the intention at all, right? Like exactly like the spaghetti tree thing, which I have not seen, Sean, but have found <laughs> online. But, um, you know, it is interesting that like playing with that line can mess with an individual sort of literal reality. <laughs> yeah, like it all kind of I... depends on context. Yeah. And what someone That's takes true. out of it. Because even like QAnon, like a lot of early QAnon stuff, a lot of people say that it was a joke, you know, and then people ran with it. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty interesting. But yeah, I agree that I think they're, especially for like kind of a specific mockumentary that's taking on something in particular, um, you know, like like Spinal Tap and like banned documentaries. It, you There has to be that like awareness and... It's like you have to know the mm. rules to break them kind of thing. You have to know the conventions very well in order to effectively imitate them in a way that's not like hack, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, with that, actually, yeah. uh, it is time for us to take a break and hear a word from our sponsors. So we'll be right back with more mo more mockumentaries here on Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. Tuned into the community. Welcome back to Spoiler Alert. We are going to get back to talking mockumentaries in just a minute. But first, um, do you guys know what time it is? Or Never. It's game time. Oh. Rock and roll! <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, the game is where I spend literally like... 0.001 of a second this week wow. looking for a title related Very to our topic quickly. that these two have not seen. I tell them the title. They tell me what they think it's about. I tell them what it's really about and we all have a great time. Sean and Sonia, are you guys ready to play the game? I yep. think I'm ready. Here we go. This week's title is Cocked Guns. That title again. Cocked Guns. Cocked Guns. Cocked Guns. Alright. <clears throat> Sean, do you want to go um, first? Sure. So I believe this is um, about the very small period of time when uh, people invented an accessory for your handguns and rifles, and they would attach <laughs> sort of a full-sized um, male genitalia to the gun, um, like Ooh. a truck nut, um, but sort of, <laughs> to, you know, and... It would, like, intimidate people. Sometimes you would have a little handgun, but you would have a very large, you know, swinging thing behind it. And uh, it was it fell out of fashion very quickly. It was very not very useful, and nobody could store any of their ammunition and guns and things. But it's a very interesting documentary. It documentary. sounds it. Yeah. Wow, thank you. Thank you. Wow. The West was wild. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> um... Okay, guys, this guess is going to be no holds barred. Here we go. Okay. Um, I think that this mockumentary is a bit of a takedown of the NRA. Um, oh. And it's about, like, NRA officials maybe having, like, a conference or something. Um, and then a bunch of mass shootings keep happening during the conference. And they keep having to come up with ways to explain it away and try and maintain that gun legislation isn't something that will help people and it's like pretty dark but um honestly it's probably something that america needs even though it could have been made 30 years ago and still have been true um so that's my fun guess for cocktail. that sounds hilarious <laughs> uh sonia how far does it go does it reveal that the event that they're trying to put together is a mass shooting like, like is that i was oh, thinking no. that and then i was like maybe i shouldn't say it because that's okay. so dark but honestly the reality of gun violence in america is so absurd that like that's the kind of thing that can happen i feel Maybe let's call Christopher and tell him we've got a wicked cool idea. Chris, forget uh, mascots. No, I say let's Chris, stay in, stay in retirement. <laughs> let's do uh, guns. I want to see Jane Lynch as the head of the NRA. Honestly, that I would love to see. That would be see. amazing. Or uh, but as of course. Like, but just have her character be a man. Mm. Like, don't... Yeah, that'd be good. Okay. Uh, I, I'm pleased. I, I'm happy and Honest, well, you guys' ideas were pretty great, but uh, you're wrong in every way, shape, or form. Uh, Cock Guns is a Canadian English language mockumentary television series uh, originally produced, uh, I can't see a year, it was a while ago. Uh, the premise, 
is it's pretty it's hold hold on to your seats kids because hmm. lead singer songwriter reggie van gunn and bassist dick van gunn are brothers living together for the first <laughs> oh. time since they were kids the van gunn brothers formed the nucleus of cock guns uh with the novice drummer barry uh barry is so such a bad drummer they won't let him play so they just have a drum track and he pretends in the back um <laughs> Uh, and then they have a manager, and those are sort of the, the basis of the show. Together, these four form a rock band with no brains, no fans, and no record deal. Uh, and they're trying to become the biggest band in the world. Uh, it's I love this show. It's crazy. It is. Uh, it's insane. You guys should check it out if you haven't. Uh, that title, again, is Cocked Guns. Wow. Is it on and, TV uh, currently? A bit of it. No, no. It's, it's very old. It's, okay. it was, I think there was... I think there was one... One or maybe two seasons, I think. Um, as I had mentioned before, its uh, Wikipedia page is very sparse. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, uh, yeah, it was just, it was on Showcase. Like, it was just one of those shows. You might be and, one of the only uh, people that remembers this. You yeah. should uh, probably. Wikipedia. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, 2007, 2008. Anyway, uh, if you can find Cock Guns, I definitely recommend giving it a watch because it is incredible uh sean and sonia thank you guys for playing the game thank, thank you, you so Jeremy. much great mm-hmm. job mm-hmm. great work this week um <clears throat> okay i have a question for you guys this is this is mm-hmm. a tricky one so brace yourselves yeah oh, do you think that fourth wall breaking shows like the office and modern family count as mockumentaries i would say yes I would also say yes. Yeah, I guess they are. I mean, it also doesn't matter is the thing I think that we often come to when we have conversations like this. Like, it doesn't really matter what the boundaries are. But it's interesting because something like The Office, to me, it kind of like, it kind of like uses the the camera work and the framing and the fourth wall breaking of a mockumentary, but it never takes it that step further of like, really acknowledging that the cameras are there and stuff. Is that true, do you think? I think what uh, I like well, about The Office is that you can tell, especially maybe with Michael's character, there's the part that he's projecting for mm. what he thinks they're filming and then the part that he's doing that they're capturing that he doesn't know he's on camera. And I think that is really a f- like why he, in particular, is such a funny character on that show. Um, I don't think in Modern Family, there's like not really any, I guess there's like, it's only so they can talk to the camera and tell them what is in their mind for like a minute, but Mm -hmm. it's not really that necessary. Yeah. You know, whatever. That's a good point about The Office though. I actually hadn't really thought of that before. That's really true. Well, and the, The Office does have moments where like there's that, I can't remember the actor's name, the sound guy who may have the, the love triangle with Pam. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is like, it is hard to think about. I can't remember the actual span of time of the office. It's supposed to be like four years or, or longer. No, it's gotta be longer. But, um, the idea that like, you know, they have seen these people every day mm. or, or every week or what, you know, for years. That's the thing is um, what is the project they're making at this point? It's yeah. Way too yeah. long. They, did you guys, you guys finish the office? Cause they watched the documentary. Not uh, I haven't I did. Office. The office, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so in the in the last in the last season, of The Office, um, the 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 documentary is finished. This is a big episode where mm. they're like, "Oh, it's done," and um, what's it called? An American workplace, I think, is what it's called. And um, there's a there's a point where like uh, um, everyone, like all of the office members, are sitting in the premiere talking about their experiences and stuff, uh, which is really weird. Uh, very self-aware. I think, honestly, because early on there were all these rules about the camera crew, and I think they had to start breaking them to to get footage. Mm. Um, but um, I I think, yeah, because in terms of, like, Parks and Rec and Modern Family, I don't think there is any... Like, they seem to be aware, oh, but, there, but there's no... Yeah, there is no, like, actual breaking of it. Right. And... Um, is it like just the modern soliloquy? Like, is that mm. is that all we're doing this for? Like, kind uh, of, I think. 
But Sean's point about the office is a good one, that there is that mm-hmm. element of performance on the part of, because that's one of the things about mockumentaries that's so funny are those moments when you can tell that someone is affecting something for the camera. Mm-hmm. Well, and then I think that that kind of, I know it's TV, but that does lead nicely into sort of Sasha Baron Cohen's, mm. you know, I, I, I don't know what you call it. Like, I don't know, right? Like the unscripted character inserted into real life, mm. right? Yeah. Um, and because, uh, yeah, I'm, no one's, yeah. he's the only one in on the joke. In mm-hmm. his. Right. Wow. And his daughter. In the second one. Yeah. Yeah. Fair because in the second one, they really had to navigate around that because everyone knew. Mm-hmm. Except then they yeah. went to Middle America, and honestly, they were people who didn't know, which was shocking. Well, and, like, he has an incredible amount of skill mm. to, like, you know, there are times where it's pretty obvious, but there are other times where you're like, that is, like, he is really putting it out there. Yeah, the well, guy. Like, if my um, mother ran into Borat... She would not know who he was. No. Really? Yeah. God, no. Not a not oh, a, that's not a clue. Yeah. Yeah. Not all of us were being taken to Bruno in theater <laughs> at ten years old. <laughs> mm-hmm. I uh, was I was an appropriate ish age. I think I was like seventeen. My brother, on the other hand, was like twelve. <laughs> uh, and my parents are probably so happy that I've told that story on the radio. Oh, and I'll never yeah, forget it. I like how we we're all taken to Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> I like how that's the thing. But uh That movie yeah, I, is wild. It is crazy. Um Yeah, I don't know. I always every time we talk about Bruno, I always think of just how it's Borat with with like a different angle. And yeah, I like with yeah, gay I'm just jokes like Borat with Jew- gay jokes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh I'll just cross out my mad lib and then like re put it in. But uh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, neither, I mean, there's I for me, there's a bit of that with Sasha Baron Cohen's performances. Like, that's kind of what Ali G was, and then it all went from there. But he also is truly gifted at that, and, like, to have just no cringe in his body, apparently, mm-hmm. and the ability to just go through those things that he, that he goes through, like, and it, it is truly a special ability, <laughs> and, like, mm-hmm. not like, everyone he... can do it. When he was with those four like homophobic hunters, and he was like, he was like, who, which one of us is the carry of like, and they're like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not carry. I was like, he could die. We might yeah. see him die. It's very. Or even intense. in Borat in the, at the wrestling match when when mm. they start making out in the ring. That was still Bruno, but yeah, oh, that's Borat, isn't it? No, that's Bruno. Because then that, he but it's like, also the end of Borat. What? <laughs> he, see, he's reusing jokes out here. Is he reusing some things? Wow. Yeah. I'm I'm googling Borat wrestling right now. It's I I swear it's real. Uh, maybe I don't. It's him, I just and, see it's him, him and his manager, and they reunite. Being, being very mm. aggressive. Oh, I remember something about this now that you talk about it. But I didn't know Borat had a manager. Yeah, the big, the little the big, guy, little, little big guy. Little big I guy. Also, yeah, I was like, like, he's not little. <laughs> I also don't know. I don't wear no Borat really. Yeah, no, it's been a long time. Well, and Sean, like Sean and I both, I think, are very sensitive to cringe, and maybe Sean even more than me, I would say. Oh, oh. but I don't say that to malign you because I think it's just Mal- reasonable, malign frankly. Me Trump. No, I. <laughs> that is very much my thing. <laughs> Yeah, and so that's tough. When I watched um, Paula Abdul sit on two Mexican men as furniture, like I might, I <laughs> turned inside out. Yeah, and like <laughs> I'm sure so did she when she found out what was going on. <sighs> okay, I have. I actually have a follow up question to my mm-hmm. earlier question about the Office of Modern Family and Parks and Rec. Um, what about things like Blair Witch and Cloverfield? Mm. Are those mockumentaries? Um, I guess they yeah, I, are. Well, I don't know because the like, well, Blair Witch maybe, 
But also I, not really a mockery. Right. Right. And not really a documentary, I would say. Like Clo like Cloverfield's supposed to be like a more of a found footage Same mm. thing. Yeah. Right. You know, like it's supposed to be this like but uh you know what I mean kind of technically, yes. This this sort of leads into a question I was going to ask you guys mm. about does it have to be serious? Mm. Because w- one of my favorite movies from 2009, which is District 9, mm. is a mockumentary, um, but it's not, it's in no way funny. Right. Uh, and and uh, it's, you know, it's actually, well, I think, I think very sad and very action packed. But um, it, again, does sort of like start off as like, I, I don't, at some point it kind of breaks and you can't tell if it's still people filming or not. I think parts of it are a mockumentary, but, yeah. um, or I don't remember but, uh, that conceit for District 9 at all. Me neither, but now that you said it, I was like, oh yeah. Oh yeah, it's the the first third, I think, until they start like sneaking around and stuff. And I'm trying to recall how it switches. Because um, he does like address the camera, and then I think when he sort of gets like almost euthanized, it it sort of switches. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if. I don't know if it needs to be serious. I don't know if it needs to be funny to be a mockumentary. Yeah. Well, I wonder if that idea of like the mockumentary mm. is maybe yeah, like a specific kind of thing, and then there are also just like fictionalized documentaries. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But they don't yeah. have a nice portmanteau name, so that's true. But the thing is, it's perfect portmanteau. Yeah, it mm. really is. Okay, are there any other mockumentary thoughts? People need to get out on the table. Uh, I've, I feel like I have just an endless list of Canadian mockumentaries. Mm. Uh, but for fear of um, uh, not mentioning this and people getting mad at me, uh, FUBAR has to be on this list. I don't oh, think yeah. it's the best movie. Uh, I think it's fun. I think it had its moment. Uh, and uh, if you haven't seen it, you probably should. At least just in support of uh, Canadian content. But, um, yeah, there's, that's yet another. Do you want to list some more of your Canadian mockumentaries of note? Or are you just no, going to leave us? No, no, that's fine. That's Fubar 2. Let us sit on it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. If people need if yeah. people need personalized recommendations, reach out. Jeremy will send you a yeah, list. Yeah, please, please, please do. Please do. <laughs> okay, great. You tell well, him that... a Canadian actor and he'll prescribe you something. <laughs> he'll, t- he'll tell you. Uh, yeah. That takes us into our weekly segment uh, where we talk about the things that we are watching. And it's called What You Watching. So, boys, what you watching? You guys, I'm so sorry. I forgot to mention Hardcore Logo, which is another Canadian mockumentary that we should have talked about. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> it was low on my list. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, Jer. Sean, what are you watching? Well, last night I got some eyes on the I forget what year, ninety uh, something Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and as awards shows are right now, is a little strange. It was definitely not as when we hosted the Oscars. <laughs> after party or viewing party it was not that it was you know just a variety of tables of four with strange pairings at each one um and then you know just a voice introducing someone that person gives away an award it moves on it moved to pretty okay but it was a little boring and there was a few upsets i tied for First, it was a three-way tie with my friend group for in the Oscar pool, um, with each of us having 16. Um, That's pretty Frances, good. Yeah. Frances McDormand took Best Actress, which I was surprised by, which is one, not what I voted for. Anthony Hopkins took Best Actor, also not what I was expecting. But everything else kind of went as we had predicted in the show. Mm. Not a huge, lot of huge upsets. Oh, I also had wanted Minari to win, but no Medline won instead. Which I have not watched yet either. I think it's on Disney Plus now. I I think after we recorded, I l- looked and it was there. Oh, like man. comic, comically timed. Yeah. Chloe Zhao did that to spite me. 
She personally <laughs> she uploaded got, she, it. And she won and she won the second ever Academy Award goat for Best Director that went to a woman. Yes. So that's fun. Oh, we're gonna have to watch it. Yeah, for sure. Okay, thanks, Sean. Uh Jer, mm-hmm. what are you watching? Um uh I think I've mentioned before uh that uh uh uh, a guy that I watch on YouTube. YouTube. Why can't I talk to him? What's happening? <laughs> I don't know. Um, YouTube. Uh, na- yeah. Uh, named Van Neistat. Uh, he has his uh, YouTube channel up called The Spirited Man, uh, which is some interesting sort of uh, things, I'm going to say. Uh, but it prompted me to finally watch his his and his brother's old HBO show uh, titled The Neistat Brothers. Uh, it's all available on YouTube. I think there's eight episodes. They're, they're sort of like between 30 and 40 minutes each. Um, uh, it's, it is just really interesting and like this really fun, crazy way to filmmaking and TV show making where the show is about their lives, but also about them making the show. And, uh, at one point van is getting a divorce. So Casey has to do more. And at the start of the episode, they talk about it and they're like, you know, Oh, this really dark thing is happening. And, uh, they, um, by a court order, had to lose a bunch of footage, likely with Van's ex-wife. So um, they're like, this episode is censored, and Casey has to fill the time, and all these different things. Uh, and uh, it's from the early 2000s, so they're using really horrible equipment, but it is just this like really fun, crazy, pre-YouTube thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, people should check it out. It was a, it's a pretty quick watch, and uh, it's very entertaining. Fun. Sounds yeah. good. Sorry, what was it called again? That's the Nice Dad Brothers. Mm. <laughs> Creative name. Started <laughs> <laughs> making up those stars. I, I don't know why I had to be so rude to those nice people. Um, I my watch a watching this week. It's not a watching, guys. It's a it's, it's a, a playing. Oh, it's a playing. Okay. <laughs> it's a game. Um, I change our show format. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, I am so bad at Pong. I have never, (laughs) I have never been good at Pong, and I never will be. I don't think. Um, No, this is a probably to some it would probably be considered quite a boring game. Um, I think it's really fun and relaxing. Um, It's called Heaven's Vault. Um, It's an indie game. I'm playing it on my Switch. it's by a studio called Inkle. I've never played anything of theirs before. Basically, you are a space archaeologist <laughs> in the distant oh. future. Uh, and you just travel around to these planets with a little robot sidekick and find different glyphs and, like, try and learn the ancient language. And um, you're on this kind of adventure, but it's very open world, so you can just bop around to different planets and kind of do what you want. It's mostly a like point and click game. Um, so for, you know, your, your heavy duty gamers out there who take gaming very seriously, maybe not the thing for you, but, um, it has quite a lovely art style as well that I like. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just nice to just bop around through space in these like, what is it called? Heaven's gate? Heaven's vault. (laughs) Not oh, I did keep I keep thinking of Heaven's Gate though as the cult. Oh. Um but it's it's not it's not about that. It's it's different than that. There's not um, Yeah, but so that's what I have been watching. Um is there anything else that we I will want to say talk that about? the one thing that was not uh just heavily scripted up that happened at the Oscars was a very hmm. sticky moment where they we're like to playing a game with people and they were like, guess we're going to play this song and you guess uh, if it was nominated for an Oscar or not. And then they get to Glenn Close and play like a very like sort of classic hip hop song. And then the joke is that Glenn Close knows like everything about the song and then does a dance to it. And it was very, very awkward. <laughs> oh no, I thought you were going to be like, and she smashed it. <laughs> That's kind of where she I thought that was going to. She is a great actress, but it was like extremely uh, planned, mm. and <laughs> and it it really it it was it was a little sweaty. Mm. But like as we as we should, uh, 
Sean doesn't do the cringe so well. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he's, that's, he's, that's exactly what was happening. Uh, he was like doing a dog. Dance, I was doing a cringe. <laughs> um, do a little dance. Sean, a little cringe. <laughs> uh, have you guys... Um, uh, have you guys heard of this this new show? As you know, uh, she's actually walking into the room right now. Uh, but wife of the show, Ellen, uh, is a huge reader, and uh, mm-hmm. this new show based on a book is coming out called Shadow and Bone, which we're gonna rob, watch in the next fifteen okay, minutes. I saw here. it on Netflix today, and I was it was like a girl, a choice, a destiny, or something. And I was <laughs> like, okay, uh, okay, that's kind of what it is. Uh, that's that's definitely a part of it. Uh, it's kind of like a Game of Thronesy thing, you know, like it's been, uh, it's been sort of done before. <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, there is some cool stuff going on in the show with like not it being typical European fantasy, mm. uh, where they're like there's like Asian countries and Indian countries and sort of Nordic countries, and all these different sort of representations of people. And purely, like, visually and from those elements, it's very interesting. Um, it's pretty good. I like it. Or we're going to keep watching it, bone. clearly. Shadow and Bone? We'll have to yeah. check it out. Uh, hey, you guys. Is there anything fun happening this week you at all that you know about? your little tuchus there is. <laughs> um, I heard of something. Yeah, we know what's going on. Uh, the three of us are hosting a show on the RPL Facebook page. What's mm-hmm. it, it uh, going to be? Uh, you should check it out. It's called Sorry Not Sorry. It's the first in a series uh, about films that we uh, maybe should be ashamed to like, but aren't. It's a running theme for us. <laughs> yeah, that's our thing. It's a film that uh, flopped, and we're deciding we're going to dust it off and polish that chestnut and mm-hmm. come to its defense, I think. I think so. I think lift lift it high where it, sh- it needs to go atop the ontological scale of things to watch. <laughs> <laughs> and the first show is a little movie you might know by as Clue, based off of a board Clue. game. Star studded, critics hated it. It barely broke even. In fact, it didn't. Uh, so it's considered a big flop. Um, but I'd say she's no flop. Yeah, she's no flop. Uh, check out Sorry Not Sorry, uh, featuring Clue uh, on May 11th. And the screening of Clue on May 15th on the RPL website. Yeah. See you there. Okay, and with that, that is all the time we have for this week. So I would like to give a shout out to Saskatoon's The Garys for the use of our theme song, Manituna. My co-hosts, Sean and Jeremy. Um, Everyone at CJTR and to you, our beloved listeners, for lending us your ears. The show is broadcast Wednesdays at 6 p.m., rebroadcast Thursdays at noon, and we're available as a podcast on CJTR's website and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Stay safe and have a great week. Bye! Bye! See ya!